Today's guest brings us a message about light and life and seeing that in many ways will surprise you and open up your thinking and perceptions about what and how we see and don't see. Hello, everyone. I'm Pamela Brewer, welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk. Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman, along with uh, Gina and Eric Lieberman, has created a book entitled Luminous Life How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. And they have described a course of thinking and awareness for us that. I would suggest is unique, it's new, or perhaps it's age-old, and we just never thought about it this way. Let's find out. Dr. Lieberman, welcome to Mind Talk. Great, thank you. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you to ex- answer my question. Is it a new way of thinking that you are uh, encouraging us to engage in, or is this a brand? Is this a, is this a new concept or an old concept? It's not a concept at all. It's an underlying principle of life. Um, And it's not a question of should we think about this in a new way. It's actually not about thinking at all. Um, What is different about this is that our whole concept of life And what actually occurs in life, um, from my perspective, is viewed through a very, very narrow lens of our ideas about life versus the actual reality of life. Most of us consider the way we live normal. Very few of us consider it natural. And because of that, we have an epidemic of disease and discontent. Uh, About 92% of disease is called chronic illness. And what we know scientifically is the only thing that really impacts chronic illness in any significant manner is a change in lifestyle. And what a change in lifestyle is, returning from living according to certain ideas and habits that are not uh, supportive of health and wellness and returning to what is actually natural uh, in our life. And so what I'm hoping the book shares, uh, which you refer to as unique, is truth beyond opinion. We... We read new things, we see new things all the time, and they sound very interesting. But they're sort of like fad diets. They last for a couple of weeks, and then we find ourselves just going back to what uh, we were doing before that. I'm hoping that this book touches something deeper inside, some internal sense of knowing or common sense about an actuality of life. And so the whole book is sharing insights, um, revelations that um, I've had throughout my 70 years of living, integrated with a great deal of science and clinical experience, uh, which usually takes years to catch up with those revelations that we have. 
Um, so the book is really speaking about something that occurs in the plant kingdom and in the animal kingdom and throughout this universe that we have been conditioned to forget because we're looking at life through the ideas of what we call the conscious mind rather than experiencing life as it is. You know, what's interesting, and I guess I'm kind of stuck on it, so I'd like to go back to it for a moment, is the distinction that you make between normal versus natural. And it's an interesting distinction because if you really think about it, I would suggest normal, what we consider normal, is actually quite unnatural. So you're asking us to consider doing something that is more human, more humane than what we typically do to and with ourselves. Well, what I'm suggesting is that everything we do is actually normal. Natural is we're not actually doing. Um, You see, if you look throughout the universe, you'll notice something rather fascinating. Everything seems to be self-activating and self-regulating. The planets uh, are not being pushed in their orbit around the sun. Something is animating that movement. Something is literally breathing our bodies and pumping our hearts. There is nothing within our physiology that we are regulating by thinking. The physiology is all functioning on its own, interestingly enough, miraculously. The physiology of Mother Nature is a perfect reflection of that. It's all self-activating, self-regulating. It's all occurring on its own. And yet, we've been led to believe that in order to live, we have to think ahead, we have to make things happen, we have to work hard, um, as if this is the only place in life where things are not self-regulating. And what I've come to realize is there's no part of our physiology that's designed to initiate action. Everything within us is responding to something. What is it responding to? It's responding to an intelligence within this universe that seems to be aware of everything simultaneously and animates the movement of everything so that every what appears as separate things are actually functioning in a state of flow that seem not to interfere with each other. We call it congruence and coherence scientifically, but in everyday talk, it's presence. It's what happens uh, naturally within a creature that lives in the woods as an example. If you look at an animal, Uh, during the summer months of the year and you measure the thickness of its skin or the amount of hair it has, uh, it's all perfect for the length of the days, the temperature of the season. As the season begins to change from summer 
to fall and eventually to winter. The days are getting shorter and the quantity and quality of light in the atmosphere is changing. Those continual changes in the atmosphere are continually cueing the trillions of cells in that creature's body because every cell of the body has eyes that are designed to detect and respond to light. And I'll explain more about light a little later. So each cell of the body is continually orchestrating its internal function and upgrading itself to synchronize with mother nature in each moment. So when winter comes, the bear doesn't wake up in the morning and say, oh my God, I forgot to buy my overcoat at Costco. Its body is already prepared for the winter or for the snowfall. It doesn't have to do anything. It is all occurring naturally. And what I am saying here in the book is that the same phenomenon is occurring throughout the plant kingdom as well as the animal kingdom and is occurring in our lives all the time. The same exact thing is occurring in our lives. of chronic stress is never a good thing and really tightens us, shortens us, uh, diminishes us as individuals as well as can actually diminish our lifespan. You, you know, uh, we, we are all going to experience stress. <clears throat> I don't care who you are, how evolved you are, what diet you're on, whether you're <laughs> vegan or eating meat, it doesn't make any difference. It is rare and perhaps impossible for anyone to go through lifetime without getting sick, without losing loved ones, without having fear about finances, without going to the doctor and perhaps getting a diagnosis you didn't expect. None of us can let go in those moments. Those are natural stresses of life. What Buddha, when Buddha said life is difficult, he was speaking about yeah. these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who one is, none of us are comfortable feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> and so those stresses are there for all of us. No one escapes those. So we're all in the same boat, thank God. What we're speaking about is the stresses that are self-induced yes the stresses that we create you know because we're running fast but there isn't a tiger chasing us and so much of this is based on ideas i mean do you realize we are the only species on earth that exercises (laughs) 
you know, other species, they just move. (laughs) They move by swimming or flying or walking. And sometimes animals have to run because something is chasing them. And humans, the same way. Something comes up and we have to move faster. But this idea, this extracurricular thing where we're going to be running marathons and we're going to be doing all these things... I'm not suggesting there's anything wrong with exercising. I'm saying that to do these things as an idea, as something that isn't natural to our life, it just doesn't have the impact. Meditation is something that really emerged from the East. It's very natural in their culture. They just sit we do it as some sort of a spiritual practice. It doesn't have the same impact for us in the West because for us, our meditation is out in the world. Our life is actually our strongest message. And so recognizing some of these things um, can really free us up. Doctor can Liberty, really bring a smile to our face. You you talk about a client of yours, and you say you utilize gentle a, a gentle light therapy protocol. What is that protocol? Um, I'm, I speak about that <clears throat> both in the book, and we actually create a little product so people can do this at home. I came upon a very profound discovery uh, forty years ago. Um, I was led to believe when I was working with light that different colors had different impacts because colors are part of the light spectrum. But I didn't find that cookbook approach really uh, held uh, any validity as I started working with thousands of people. In the process of my exploration, I discovered that everyone has colors they like and colors they they don't like. And I wondered why that was. So I started physiologically monitoring my patients, their heart rate, their respiration, their muscle tensions, and so on. And what I noticed is that when they thought about or looked at colors that they didn't like, their body started going into a stress response. And I said, wow, that's very unusual. When I actually had them look at these colors for a while, they started getting flashbacks they started feeling the same level of anxiety they had when they saw their former spouse or former husband or dealt with their father who had, they had unresolved issues with. And what I uncovered is the colors that we're uncomfortable with are vibrationally related to the experiences in life that we feel comfortable with. The colors we are uncomfortable with or don't like are vibrationally related to the aspects of our life's experience that we're yet not able to embrace. And so when I began having people very gently and systematically spend a little bit more time each day looking at specific colors of light, they gradually became comfortable with the colors. And when they did, not only did their health change, But their comfort level with the parts of life that used to trigger stressful reactions, they became desensitized from those over a while. So I developed a whole protocol 
where people can purchase a, a kit with these different colored glasses that I've designed. And they go through a, a protocol where each day they put on one or two different pairs of glasses and they just take a breath or two and they notice how it feels and as they're gradually able to breathe it in more, they expand. And the reason is whenever we get stressed, we hold our breath. So when we look at colors we're uncomfortable with or colors that remind us of something, our breath is constricted. So I gradually allow them to use their breath to gently open at their own rate, not based on some sort of a theory, but based on their own direct guidance. And when people do that, their own life begins to change. That sounds like a, a fascinating um, piece of work that someone can actually do at home. And as I understand, that um, unit has been FDA cleared. Is that correct? You're talking about a different unit. You're talking okay. about a a vision training device that I, I developed many, many years ago, and that's called the iPort vision training system that is manufactured and sold by a, um, you know other companies and so on. I'm not involved with that. I was merely the inventor of that. I've invented several different devices that were used by practitioners and therapists and eye doctors and so on. This kit that I'm talking about is not a medical device. Okay. It's called the SRS3, Spectral Receptivity System 3. And it's a little affordable kit that people could get on my website at jacoblieberman.org only if this is something that they're interested in. I'm not interested in selling product, quite frankly. I mm -hmm. prefer to share knowledge that hopefully someone will, will help them to change their life. But it's called the SRS3, and it's a series of 13 um, little cardboard frames that I have that I have custom designed and have made in Europe for me that allows someone to actually follow my very simple protocol. Uh, there's a 20 page manual with it that explains the impact of light and color and shows how this has been used historically on the skin and through the eyes. So people have a background of what this is. Mm -hmm. And then it shares this very simple way for people to determine the colors they're comfortable and uncomfortable with, the protocol they go through, which is very simple, takes literally seconds or minutes, that's all, each day, and then for people to recheck themselves, to, be a, to see the changes that have occurred, and it also allows them to see the relationship between the colors they're uncomfortable with and perhaps where problems occur in their body. So it's a wonderful little tool that I designed uh, because I had so many people asking and most people couldn't afford uh, a medical device that cost thousands of dollars. So we wanted to create something that would be available to anyone. Yeah, the, the device that I'm familiar with is this large light machine with glasses and colors and it is a pretty expensive endeavor and you can't do it yourself. 
you need to have the assistance of uh, a practitioner. And there are, you know, there are practitioners all over the world that that do light and color therapy. Um, the approach that I use is very, very different other than the practitioners that I have trained because I don't have a system that's based on a theory. I have an approach that is unique for everyone. Each person does it in a way that is natural for them and according to where they're at, not according to some idea and theory that I came up with. Um, and I find that when I recognize that each of us see life differently and each of us respond to life differently, then I realize that everything that we do has to be tailored to that individual. We're discovering that with cancer treatment the same way right now. You know, we're designing these um, uh, meds and so on that are custom designed for each person because Many of us can get a, a, a certain disease, but we may all get it for different reasons. Exactly. So we have to take that into account. I've invented several different devices that were used by practitioners and therapists and eye doctors and so on. This kit that I'm talking about is not a medical device. Okay. It's called the SRS3, Spectral Receptivity System 3. And it's a little affordable kit that people could get on my website at jacoblieberman.org only if this is something that they're interested in. I'm not interested in selling product, quite frankly. I mm -hmm. prefer to share knowledge that hopefully someone will, will help them to change their life. But it's called the SRS3, and it's a series of 13 um, little cardboard frames that I have that I have custom designed and have made in Europe for me that allows someone to actually follow my very simple protocol. Uh, there's a 20 page manual with it that explains the impact of light and color and shows how this has been used historically on the skin and through the eyes. So people have a background of what this is. Mm -hmm. And then it shares this very simple way for people to determine the colors they're comfortable and uncomfortable with, the protocol they go through, which is very simple, takes literally seconds or minutes, that's all each day, and then for people to recheck themselves, to, be a, to see the changes that have occurred, and it also allows them to see the relationship between the colors they're uncomfortable with and perhaps where problems occur in their body. So it's a wonderful little tool that I designed uh, because I had so many people asking and most people couldn't afford uh, a medical device that cost thousands of dollars. So we wanted to create something that would be available to anyone.
Yeah, the the device that I'm familiar with is this large light machine with glasses and colors, and it is a pretty expensive endeavor, and you can't do it yourself. You need to have the assistance of uh, a practitioner. And there are, you know, there are practitioners all over the world that that do light and color therapy. Um, the approach that I use is very, very different other than the practitioners that I have trained because I don't have a system that's based on a theory. I have an approach that is unique for everyone. Each person does it in a way that is natural for them and according to where they're at, not according to some idea in theory that I came up with. Um, And I find that when I recognize that each of us see life differently and each of us respond to life differently, then I realize that everything that we do has to be tailored to that individual. We're discovering that with cancer treatment the same way right now. You know, we're designing these um, uh, meds and so on that are custom designed for each person because Many of us can get a a certain disease, but we may all get it for different reasons. Exactly. So we have to take that into account. Dr. Liberman, in in the very short time that we have left, you made yet another, I thought, important observation in your book when you talked about the effects of the blue light uh, on our bodies, the blue lights that emanates from the 9,012 different devices that we have, the phones and the computers and, and everything else. Right. Um, yeah. can, can you very, very briefly talk to us about that piece of information? If you look at the sun during the day, <clears throat> the solar spectrum has a high degree of blue light. It also has a high degree of red light and near infrared light. <clears throat> so even though there are high degrees, they're in perfect balance with each other. That's why everything on earth thrives on light and cannot live without it. That the sunshine is the optimal fuel mix for our engines to run. All of our artificial light sources have a different spectrum than what's natural from the sun. The light that comes out of our computers and cell phones and handheld devices has a very high amount of blue light with very, very little red light. And so during the day, that blue light is what keeps us alert and what triggers our body to do the things that we normally do during the day, which is totally different than what happens at night. I see. The timing of all of of our physiology, hormonal releases and so on, is all based on the quality and quantity of light in the environment. When we look at our computers and cell phones at night, the light coming in is not into the eyes is not only strong, but it essentially tells your body that it's daytime when it's actually nighttime. Dr. Lieberman, there there is so much more um, 
information that I know that you have to share with us. Would you tell us again what your website is? Yeah, the website is jacoblieberman.org, O-R-G. And Lieberman is spelled L-I-B as in boy, E-R-M-A-N. And come and visit the site. This is not a site that's trying to market and sell you things. It's just a lovely site to visit that offers some some wisdom and information that we hope will be helpful to humanity. Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman, author of Luminous Life, How the Science of Light Unlocks the Art of Living. Thank you so much for the work that you've done, for the experiences that you've shared, and the work that you continue to do to help all of us live a more natural life. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on today. And folks, thank you for joining us on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service, and it is not intended to replace any work that you might choose to do with a medical, mental health, or other professional. You can listen to Mind Talk on demand anytime you choose by going to mindtalk.org. I'd love to hear from you about today's program or any program. Love to know where you are as you're listening to today's program so do send an email to me at pamela that's p-a-m-e-l-a at mindtalk.org and folks remember always if it's unacceptable it's unacceptable you take care